Hello, welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Wael Hattar. And with me this episode is Sheikh Al Mazroor. Hello. Hello. Thank you, Wael, for uh, making the time to have some tea. Um, it's fantastic to catch up after four or five years being together for the uh, Campus Art Dubai. Six or seven. Six or seven. Thank you for correcting me. So, yeah, it's great to see you again on a different topic. That was a lovely introduction. Sheikha and I had met at Campus Art Dubai, which is a alternative education for art, which, which um, Art Dubai had started uh, a few years ago, like 6, 7, 2012, and has been uh, continuing now. And I think uh, they're, they're interacting with it currently with Art Jamil. But we'll get to that conversation in another uh, interview, hopefully with Art Jamil soon. So for for uh, for you guys not familiar with uh, the Emirati art scene Sheikh Mazroui is one of the more prominent kind of est- em- emerging established kind of midway artists who are really making name for themselves and uh, being uh, represented internationally and shown in uh, biennials and and other stuff around the world um and most recently has a fantastic show at Lowry Shabibi and as well as uh, a part of the March meetings at Sharjah. So we'll get to the details of the information for that one, uh, but we'll start with Sheikha explaining to us a little bit about her sculptural work. Um, thank you, Wael. Um, my practice is really uh, an investigation of uh, materiality. I think um, I don't like to label myself or define my practice in single medium. I like to call myself uh, a hungry uh, artist who would like to familiarize herself on topics such as what is sculpture today. I try to dismantle sculpture. So I go back to the process of making. I go back to the foundry. I go back to the use of materials that are not seen in the sculpture mm-hmm. uh, and not seen in the end result. So I've also been teaching at university for a few years now at the at the College of Fine Arts at Sharjah University. I think in, in the, the last interview I had with Danielle Janadri, I had kind of asked her about how education, both getting it and teaching it, has affected your art. Did have a, a significant change on you? Um, definitely. I believe um, I, I came back to the college because I just felt this need to continue in education. I felt it's a healthy environment for an artist to uh, be around students, be around young minds. Um, it's quite interesting how you give them out a brief and then they come out uh, with so many different ideas. So you design the brief, let's say, but then they come back with six, seven different briefs. Mm. It's a place where you inspire and get inspired back. Keeps your momentum. You see students creating their studios and it keeps you wanting to maintain that. I uh, started off at the college uh, back in 2012 as a part-timer and I used to come here every single... uh, It was just for three days. And then I came back the following year as a technical tutor And I really felt this urge to further my education to come back and work in the academia uh, field. I really felt there is a major gap uh, that I felt it was almost a responsibility for me to fill in. Education, especially in the Middle East, here in the Gulf, um, in the art specifically, it's still growing. Mm -hmm. It's still a fertile ground. And 
we have a lot of opportunities and possibilities, and I feel like I want to be part of that responsibilities and possibility, uh, possibilities of growth of art education. So, yeah, I feel like um, I'm quite lucky and fortunate to be here. Uh, it keeps my momentum uh, in my own practice going. I've got the gallery that constantly supports me and pushes me uh, further. And, um, yeah. Oh, before we continue about the, the the gallery and the work you do, I do want to dwell a little bit on, on the art education. We've kind of started talking about this off off recording a little bit. Apart from the University of Sharjah, you have the, I think, Zaid University oh, puts a lot of effort into art education, but there isn't much uh, beyond that. I know AUD is, is, is trying to, to push a little bit, but why do you think that art, I guess in the Arab world in general, but uh, but with Emirates always trying to push all the kind of art fairs and art galleries and everything, the consumerist part of art doesn't really support the education bit. I think, as I said, we're growing, but we're growing quite slow. The University of Sharjah College of Fine Arts is considered to be the first in the Gulf, actually. And then slowly we started to see Zayed, uh, AUS. But in the defense of College of Fine Arts, uh, here at the University of Sharjah, it is fully dedicated. It's a bachelor's in fine arts where other universities still call their program as visual communication. Okay. So the way we uh, deliver the content, the curriculum, is very conceptually based. So we don't uh, graduate kids with craftsmanship, uh, but we actually put a lot of effort in developing their conceptual skills. But I'm assuming they do, under- do have a basic understanding of craft and they, they do all the we spend, we, Of course. We spend the first two years, uh, the first year is foundations mm-hmm. where we familiarize them with other different departments within the college, such as fashion, design, interior, and fine arts, of course. But then uh, second year is purely technical. But as soon as they get into their third year, uh, we kind of push them in that kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, uh, year where they turn their technical skills into more conceptual development. So how did you even start getting into, into kind of the art? Because I remember as a kind of being raised in Sharjah, uh, at the time when we were in high school, it, the art was always like a, not even secondary, a tertiary or, or a fourth level importance. I used to have to run away during break and, and take art classes mm-hmm. in the school. Um, exactly. Uh, art was a class where we would just sit and chit-chat in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would do whatever we wanted. It wasn't a really a proper class where we would... Uh, understand art of history yeah. around us. Um, I How came. Did you get into it? Uh, I always knew that I wanted to uh, do something around art or design, and I luckily I uh, I got to know about the existence of this college. It was only three years old back in the day. Um, I actually enrolled as an uh, engineer student, architecture. <laughs> But then as soon as I heard about the college, I just dropped off and joined the college because this is what I really wanted to do. Um, And to be honest, little did I know uh, what is fine arts. Mm -hmm. And I got to know more about what is it to become an artist uh, as I grew in this college. Okay, That's a fair assessment. And I'm assuming it's always more girls than boys because even when I had to haggle my way through get to design school because I wasn't allowed to go to an art school, uh, that was the closest thing possible. Is it is it still the same from back then to now? Um, definitely. Uh, we were four students back in the day, and today we witness uh, enrollment of uh, 
144 students. Now, when I say 144, 80% of them go into interior design because it's much more secured, as they would state. Um, we have very small amount numbers of students, uh, male students enrolling into fine arts. The generation is much more aware of uh, art as a degree, the younger generation. However, they live under the umbrella of their parents. Mm. And of course, you and I know how would our parents think about, you know, there there is no security, there isn't stability with an art degree, which is going to take some time for, you know, for the younger generation to kind of act upon that. And I guess, and that's when someone like you who has been, alhamdulillah, quite successful in the work that, that you're doing and developing and still kind of going forward with your proper thoughts on, on, on and and understanding about your art and, and moving it forward rather than just giving into trends and, and whatever. Um, we want to talk about kind of the, the different uh, styles, like not styles, uh, the different productions, I guess, that you had over the years, where um, earlier on it was more construction-y and, and kind of, uh, it was still conceptually flowing in, in the same way. Um, and, and over the past, at least, past six years of, of me being aware of, of, more aware of your work and, and following it, and then seeing, uh, I think, you come back, coming back for the first time, which, which was the work I saw at the Abu Dhabi Art Fair, uh, maybe four years ago, when Larry Shabibi showed your your meltingy, plasticky, um, metally stuff, which was I was I was in love with. But now it even evolved further into the show that's happening right now at Larry Shabibi, which is called Expansion Extension, and and that's on until November the first. Um, uh, while while at the same time you had done kind of public works that were more uh, rock or metal or kind of material, like I guess real mind material rather than reworked material in a sense or at least it looked more it looks more uh, natural and, and, and hard and that led to kind of your your land art which i guess flows into the charger piece so which side do you want to talk about first do you want to talk about the i think um i would go back to being uncomfortable okay um You've, you've, you've mentioned some of my previous works, were, which were like found object, industrial made. Um, when I started my school, my further education at Chelsea, the first week we were told that they're not interested in our previous practice. And I was in total shock. <laughs> so if you're really not interested in my pre- you know, previous Why practice, uh, where do I start from? And I believe that was the best comment I was ever given. Uh, it was told to all the students, yeah. but I, I took it to heart and uh, I was frightened um, being frightened being uncomfortable being uh, not in your kind of uh, familiar zone I think was a very healthy uh, exercise and ever since I tried to apply that discomfort in every single uh, proposal or project I take um, when you do too co- when you're too comfortable you tend to do boring work mm. And I don't, you know, I'm going to be John Baldessari and say (laughs) I will no longer make boring (laughs) works, right? Um, So um, uh, that was was like the game changer, I'd say. Um, Now we live here, we have the development of universities, but we don't have 
all the facilities as we're growing. We have a lot of uh, obstacles and hiccups. Uh, foundry is still uh, being developed. There isn't like a fully dedicated space in Sharjah or Dubai or just let's say in general in the Emirates where you can practice culture, let's say. Um, even when I was here at the school uh, doing my BFA, our sculpture uh, department was quite limiting. So I had to kind of work around uh, found objects because it was much more convenient to uh, you know, develop your conceptual skills through these objects. However, when I was at Chelsea, I was thrilled to see their sculpture department. And I felt like, you know what, I'm going to strip all my thoughts from conceptual uh, thinking. And I really want to dive into materiality. I was amazed to see all these, you know, from ceramics to rubber molds to uh, metalwood workshop, you name it. And I felt like that was really healthy. Like I spent almost seven months of my entire MA just in the uh, sculpture department doing nonsense. Um, I mean, I just want to clarify something. As someone looking outside into your work, you keep, yeah. you keep, you, you've said a couple of times now that you've, you've changed the practice or you, you've moved on to materiality, but conceptually it's still there. I mean, originally... Yeah, but still there. A lot of people see these fine lines in my practice that still exist, but I've allowed myself to embrace other materiality. Yeah, but, but exactly, but that's it. I mean, you as an artist, you haven't changed. Just the, the color palette you, 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 you're using now, in, in a sense, has changed. So before, even if the found objects, it was still material. It was still the... the, the True, but I think the hunger to learn other material... Yeah. Uh, after given this opportunity, mm. so I don't think I would have the same opportunity if I wasn't given this opportunity okay. to get my degree. I think I would be still limited with my palette, let's say. Yeah. But I really think being uncomfortable is yeah. healthy. And my palette constantly changes, which is really good. Because in a sculpture, you, you can't just see one facade of that sculpture. You have to see it from 360. And I think with sculpture in general, you would want to investigate more. Um, and I, as I mentioned, I don't want to be defined with one single material. I really feel like I'm a hungry student and I want to develop and I want to learn. And I tend to do that throughout my projects. Uh, you would tend to see different materiality uh, included with every single... Uh, and, and that's fine. And, and that's fine as long as... Yeah. As, as long as you're, uh, as an artist, your your work conceptually is is growing, but not completely going no, out. And out I'm of not it. being like today the feminist political artist, of course. I mean, today uh, you can see my you can see my thoughts in just culture as a general developing, mm. but I'm not changing completely. The essence of an essence artist. Essence of yes. an artist. Yes. And, and talking about essence, so let's. I guess let's now get into some of the the, the, the examples of, of the work that you've had, um, because I, I really am interested in in the in the the final product that you had at the Sharjah March meetings, which is the Sharjah Art Foundation up until January, and and that like I said earlier on that had come from from the works the that you you had scales which was in Abu Dhabi Art Fair and, and some other work, and then I'm I'm, I'm assuming it is what is developing into the Art Jamil piece that you're going to have at their courtyard. So talk to us about that side of the materiality. Okay. I was uh, extremely fortunate uh, for the Abu Dhabi Art uh, Commission um, that took place in 2000 and. 
17, 16, sorry. So I think the commission was not, uh, hey, artists, this is the budget, go work on this specific theme. I think it was really a possibility of developing. There was like uh, workshops involved. There were trips involved. Uh, it was curated by Mohamed Kalam and Christiana DeMarque. And um, they have really uh, constructed uh, the commission in a very successful way. So they looked into uh, the commission's artists' uh, backgrounds and they tried to create a program. Um, so in my case, uh, based on uh, my uh, practice, they decided to take me to uh, Switzerland, to uh, St. Galan Kunstgizarai, uh, which was uh, literally a means art foundry. They had uh, they had a material archive, um, and I I stayed three nights. My room was in that material archive. Um, I came in with a proposal, and I left with another proposal <laughs> after living three days in yeah. that kind of material archive, which was fantastic. And the idea developed, in, as I mentioned earlier, is what. What do we, how, do, when, when creating a sculptural piece, things that are not seen in the sculpture, but is an important uh, process to develop that uh, sculpture. For example, things that we don't tend to see, like rubber, rubber, resin, wood, things that are not of the end result. Um, so I started to look into the process of making these materials, like um, sculptural elements. Uh, I've created this piece that I named it Scales, and I, I called it Scales because it was based on measurements. Um, it's a it's a, almost a pillar uh, form uh, that uh, combined 10 different materials uh, from marble, cement, uh, rubber, um, bronze, copper, and the list goes on. And it had, I, I wanted a system for me um, in order to uh, display the work. I knew I was fascinated with these materials, but I didn't know how to put them together. So comes the Fibonacci sequence. Uh, so basically the Fibonacci sequence is one plus one, two, two plus the previous number gives you three, three plus the previous number would give you five. So the number keeps on multiplying based on a specific sequence. And this work reminds me a little bit of Hassan Sharif's sequence, semi-system. Um, so I wanted some sort of a system to dictate the arrangement of the work. And I felt like the Fibonacci sequence it makes a lot of sense with the material. There's a lot of measurements. There's a lot of thoughts uh, when putting the scales together. Um, and that has led to the March uh, project uh, current piece, which is four documents. So I call them cast documents. And I tackled one specific uh, industrial material that comes in different uh, chemical essence, such as bronze, uh, aluminum, cast iron, and copper. Um, those industrial materials come in sheets. And uh, I wanted to kind of deconstruct these sheets into an A4, which is an international uh, paper. Um, and I call them cast documents. Because today we work around, uh, there's a lot of weight that comes with an A4. Mm. It's documents, it's uh, contracts. It's, so I wanted to kind of uh, push that 
sheet into... Especially in a digital world, a digital, it, it, yeah, paper yeah. becomes so much more serious. Yes. Uh, so uh, I've heard this as well from uh, Reem Shadi. Um, so something about uh, these documents and the weight of them, the heaviness of them. So it's also a metaphor of weight that comes with a, mm. with a piece of information. Yeah, and then these works are a, a lot more public art kind of, I mean, direction than, than the work you do at, at, the, at the galleries and, and the shows. And you had a couple of years ago uh, a completely different uh, piece which was more land arty yeah. than, than public art. And in that sense, yeah. which was in Ras al-Khaimah, I believe? Uh, it was in the Shoka, yeah, Ras al-Khaimah Shoka. Um, so basically, um, for this specific piece, uh, I called it Sand Land. Uh, it was a commission uh, through ADMA, Abu Dhabi Music and Arts Foundation. And we had to work around um, the art of nature as a theme. And there were conservative islands that they wanted us to like work around. Uh, when I came with my proposal, although we were given specific sites in Abu Dhabi to create, I started driving to Abu Dhabi to find a place where I would really, you know, that we were given specific uh, places such as wetlands or the mangroves. I visited all these places, but I just felt like there's something more that I want to produce in terms of the art of nature. Um, so I didn't, I didn't feel this relationship within given uh, site specifics. Uh, so I started to drive slowly from Abu Dhabi to Dubai, Sharjah, went all the way to Shoka. <laughs> Don't ask me what threw me all the way to Shoka. But then when I saw this uh, landscape, I just felt like it was almost an empty canvas, and I really wanted to create something within that. Uh, yeah, and, and this, for you guys, Ras al is more of a, a rocky, hilly type of ground and not as sandy as the rest. And it was a horrible decision <laughs> because it was rocky and <laughs> it wasn't easy for me to create this land piece. So I drove for, you know, 30 minutes around the area and I felt this very perfect spot for me where I felt like it's going to work, although I, ha I faced a lot of challenges along the way. Um, so to me, I started with a lot of palettes, like there were colored sand and slowly I started to subtract all of these items within my palette and I just wanted to work with the land itself. Of course, there's a lot of reference to, uh, the spiral jetty and Andy, uh, Goldsworthy's work. Um, one cannot, uh, think of, uh, land artists that have created, uh, works very similar. But to me, I was working uh, with duality of a picture frame, uh, a canvas, but I was also creating this sculptural piece, uh, land art. And is it still there? Last time I visited was March, and it was still there. But of course, it's gonna, it started to fade, like the depth of the engraving uh, is... What were the material? This was, uh, you had cut out circles within a square and repiled it with the rocks no it was just purely digging out uh the rocks and what you get what you see is there's there isn't any uh external let's say uh, uh material it was just uh engravings so on whatever the land falls into it is whatever kind of normally moves yeah, it, in it, this. Is, it is an ephem ephemeral piece yeah. it's going to be wiped very soon um but it's uh it's still there for two years i think it's just getting less and less yeah. uh visible as it's you know been filled back by you know the climate 
As that piece stands, you now have a commission at the Jamil Art Foundation where they want a piece that stays. <laughs> so <laughs> what materials have you worked with there and, and how is that developing? And when is that out? Um, uh, the Art Jamil uh, Commission is... Um, I'm working around the artist garden commissions. So there are open courtyards within the given space. Um, it's gonna be revealed uh, during the opening on the 11th of November. And when I was first uh, approached by Arjamil, I was given a specific uh, brief about these courtyards and what the architect had in mind for these uh, uh, courtyards. Um, I had to go, of course, uh, for a site visit to just familiarize myself with the space and to start developing mm -hmm. ideas. But something about the idea of a courtyard that kept on, you know, um, it, kept, it was sitting in the back of my head. That is, it's indoors, but it's outdoors. It is within the confines of a space, but it, you can still be out. And slowly the idea of, uh, and, and the role of Arjamil. Okay, so our Jamil is a foundation. It's a, it's a place where there is growth for emerging artists, and I tried to link the center with this courtyard, and comes, uh, and there comes the, uh, the idea and the concept uh, of uh, greenhouse was born. So the more I research about the greenhouse, uh, there's something I love. I love this uh, dichotomy between. Um, in my practice generally you will see something that is like steel but it feels so soft and and for the Arjamil um, greenhouse there's something that I'm really interested in like it's indoors but it's outdoors it's man-made but it's handmade there's forced arrangement but it's you know what I mean something to do with the greenhouse that is um, I felt it fits perfectly with the Arjamil courtyard. So I'm building these uh, glass houses um, in the courtyard and it, there isn't any plants in them, but the color of the glass reflects uh, mm. the metaphor of plants. And it's gonna be placed uh, opposite to the creek. And, and kind of going back to the, the, the materials uh, that you kind of been mentioning is, is the other side of, of your, of your, of your playfulness with, with the stuff and your current show at Larry Shabibi is quite playful just because it, you have large fluffy pillows that are made of, of steel um, and I know that that's in, in a sense of you kind of experimenting to to re-show what people uh, think versus what what where the reality is of, of these materials and how they're presented how is how is the fun in that explain to us um Again, with these works, I, I really wanted, you, you just said it, mm. I really wanted to be playful. Yeah. So getting these industrial sheets of metal, welding them together, uh, I was just being playful. Like, what is the possibility? How can I maximize the possibility of playing around with steel, which is very rigid? And I love that uh, rigidity about mm. the material, but how can I change its physical presence? And I felt like um, this is where my earlier practice comes in yeah. uh, quite loudly within these works, this un fascination, uh, fetish finish uh, with the material, um, the illusion of space. Mm. Um, I really wanted to... Uh, push it out of its norms. Uh, and I feel like uh, by changing their, uh, you know, the way they would appear to normal eye uh, was something I really wanted to achieve within the works. Uh, the title of the show is called Expansion Extension, and it's quite literal. Mm. Like, it is an expansion of the material, but it's also an extension to my practice. 
um, expansion of these forms, um, it's not easy to shape metal that comes in flat sheets. So I was being very experimental. And out of experimentation and accidents, these ideas were born. I really loved how they appeared. Um, I don't really appreciate them being called pillows, but yeah, I mean, everyone <laughs> do call them pillows because they do take the shape of a pillow. Uh, but really, it's not about mimic mimicking any of these comfortable objects. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was really uh, about changing physical quality of a material. And, and how... Where do you work? I mean, earlier you had said there's not really space for us to, in Emirates to have sculptural practices actually happen. Where do you have the chance to do all this work? I spend, um, luckily, um, my current job, um, I've got the summer off, mm -hmm. which allows me to use the uh, facilities on my own here. I don't have students around, so I tend to use all the machinery. Um, so, yeah, I've spent the entire summer at the college where there were no students, no faculty, and I've got all the machinery here. So it's almost, all, I've, I've got my own studio at home, but I required a lot of machinery. So I spent uh, machinery, like tools. Uh, so I used... Um, so you did it all yourself or you had people helping I had, you? I had one person as assisting me because I needed to perfect the welding. Yeah. I welded most of the pieces, oh, but I but I did have someone uh, who I've hired to help me weld these pieces as well. In the end of it, with the, with uh, with all your different styles of, of, of production of work, there's always this duality that intrigues me. Uh, whether it's the kind of the heavy metal pieces that that can end up looking like paper or or tension. this yes. tension in my work i think uh, this quite the word tension summarizes my mm. practice uh, i think um, <clears throat> it always appears to be something exactly. while it's not and it provokes the viewer the tension between the work and the viewer comes to play um it builds that curiosity, that dialogue. What is it made of? I want to come closer, but it feels like it's about to trip yeah. off. It's going to fall. It's going to break. So I, I love playing around with the viewer as well. Become, the viewers become a vital uh, element in my work because exactly. with the absence of the viewer, the works are just still. But the tension is born mm. in the presence of people around the work. Yes, and, 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 and this quote-unquote misunderstanding of what you're seeing, this kind of um, confusion is... is is why, why I found it interesting, just because you're giving two points of view and people either see it as that or know it as that, and it depends when someone comes in. At least it was, with my artistic practice, it was whether it's, it's what someone tells you, but what they actually mean yeah. is, is how you're translating it into a sculptural uh, sense, which is, which is a lot of fun because you don't necessarily get that with sculpture, which is always what you see is, is what you see. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not just it's it's not an optical illusion, yeah. you know. It's it's uh, it's it's still, a, it's, it's still a spatial yeah, illusion. It's, an it's a play. Yeah. So it's, it's an act of play. So the sculptures almost speak to the viewers, uh, and gives them that space. And a lot of times they pretend to be something else. I mean, the stuff that you had uh, with Larry earlier at at uh, Abu Dhabi Fair, Art Fair was kind of those kind of Dali-esque melty things that are are not necessarily in. in and stuff that looks so soft and so delicate at that time, which now kind of you've you've worked on a, more of a fluffier side of of, of these constructions. It's playing with perception yeah. in a way, there's that, a yeah it's perception and misperception. Yeah, exactly that dichotomy <laughs> that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> yeah. And and that's kind of an interesting kind of roundup because I do want to end our our, our interview about how 
you are now seen or how do you see yourself being retreated uh, or the perception that you're getting now after that you've you have you have become uh, more of an established artist who's, who's developing work and people I'm, I'm pretty sure treat you differently and see you differently and interact you differently has anything changed or do you still fall into these little boxes that people like to put people in I think uh, here where the role of the gallery comes to play uh, I'm gonna um I'm gonna also mention William and Asma, who've been uh, extremely uh, supportive to my practice. Uh, they've they paved my way, uh, um, you know, to fairs and to international exposure. So they they also have another vision that we as an artist might fall into the trap. So they come to play in terms of uh, things to do and not to yeah. do, and not to fall into that trap. Uh, and how long have you been with Larry Shabibi? It's been ever since uh, Chelsea. As soon as I graduated, uh, we met. We <laughs> actually not not in that uh, sense at all. Everything happened with Laurie Shabibi in a co- coincidence. Okay. And, uh, uh, I love telling the story actually. So I didn't know Esma back then, mm-hmm. and it was uh, s- September, August, August uh, two thousand fourteen. Uh, Asma stumbled upon a very good uh, common uh, friend uh, in a bus, Hala Ali, the Saudi. Um, oh. Today she's a lawyer. I know, I know. I mean, how time flies. Today she's a lawyer, and um, she was telling her if there's any interesting fairs that she should see in London, since Lo- Hala today is based in London. Mm. And I met uh, Hala two days before she stumbled upon Asma in a bus. So she told her, oh, you need to see uh, Sheikha's work at Chelsea. And then a couple of minutes later, I get an introduction email uh, from Hela and Asma, and uh, we met at Chelsea. So Asma made an effort. Uh, she came to my show, and she loved the work. And as soon as I came back, she did not snap me. She mm-hmm. actually made an effort to come and see my work, uh, regardless to who I am and where I'm coming from. She loved the work, and um, and this and the story started there. That's awesome, and, and and I'm glad for that because we're able to see your work kind of being presented locally and and regionally and globally, and hopefully it'll grow more. The the show expansion extension at uh, Larish Bibi in in Turkal in Dubai is on till November the first, while her piece cast documents, a part of the March meetings in the the Charge Art Foundation, is on until January. And uh, and for everyone in the Emirates, um, the piece for the Jamil Art Center will be revealed 11th of November at their opening. So thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wael. This is great. <laughs> for being on. And for everyone listening, um, like always, we'd love to hear your comments. Um, and so always listen, subscribe, like all the above uh, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And soon to be on Amrami.